you know, your education and, you know, psych, you know, psychology and mental toughness and so on, you know? Uh, and then of course your physical, the ability to tell people and inform them how they can train their body to change their body, you know? And then, you know, maybe a little finance piece. That is like, that's a perfect recipe, recipe for helping men start to get on the right track. Welcome back to the Ambitious Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dusty DeCroft. I started today's show with that clip, not because of the praise Rick gave me, but because we all can have an impact. It's up to us to make this world a better place for our kids. Do you go hard and burn out? Maybe that's because you're trying to work too hard for too long. That is one of the many insights that came up in episode eight with Ray Nugent. We had a wide ranging conversation about investing your way to wealth, learning from failure, efficient and effective workouts, and one topic that's close to my heart, the importance of men's mental fitness. Not only that, Ray asked me a lot of questions, which was a fun way to change things up. Don't forget to subscribe, that way you won't miss any new episodes out every Thursday, and if you find this podcast useful, please leave a review to help me share this important message. Thanks for listening. Here we go. As dads, we have a ton of priorities that pull us in many different directions. We are not alone in this. And because of that, we should share what works and what doesn't work. We need to be our best selves first. Then we can be the best husbands and dads that we can be. The best way to share these tips is through the Ambitious Life Podcast. So today's guest is Ray Nugent, CEO of Value Pros. Welcome, sir. Dusty, great to be here. Thanks so much. It's, uh, I appreciate you allowing me to chat with you today. Absolutely. I appreciate it as well. And, and so go into a little bit more of what Value Pros is and what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is uh, I almost feel like maybe I should be having a podcast talking to you and asking you questions because, uh, you know, I did, did a little research online, of course, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just very impressive where you are, what you're doing, where you're putting your energy. So I'm really looking forward to uh, the next, you know, few minutes so we can talk because I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, a lot about what you're doing too. So, but, uh, awesome. so are you up for that? hundred percent. And and that's what I'll say is like when, when we're talking about a free flowing conversation, yeah. if a question pops into your mind and you want to ask it, I am an open book. So I will definitely answer it. Awesome. Cool. That's the way I like it. Yeah. So value pros, uh, it's a business that I have and it's, uh, you know, we're basically just independent appraisers. We value assets. So our product is information. And uh, so we're producing reports that that uh, people use to make decisions, to protect uh, assets, to tell the government, you know, all these different reasons why people need to have an independent valuation. So, uh, yeah, so that's what I do. It's fun. It's challenging. It's, uh, um, it's great to have something that you can really move around and make decisions and see the rewards of good decisions and, and then see the results of decisions that were not so good. And then you adjust and you maneuver and, so uh, I enjoy it. I've been an entrepreneur all my life, so uh, it's right where I want to be. I love that. And remind me, you started it or your dad started it? Yeah, so my father started it way back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, he was just a, well, I don't want to say he was just anything, but he, um, you know, he was in a generation where you don't go big, you don't go wide, you know? And so he had a very nice kind of little sleepy, appraisal business and uh but it was in one city and then uh when i came into the business you know my background was how to you know initially scale up things and so that's what i did and uh, it's been it's been good for us i love that so we're going to get into that and i'm actually going to change it up a little bit mm -hmm. because you said something right when we got on the call is hey i just got back from my workout yeah. so we're going to start with the physical fitness piece yeah so what does your physical activity look like? What do your workouts look like? Yeah. Uh, you know, working out is a passion for me. It's, it, it allows me to just kind of be all physical and really not so much mental, you know, so it's good release. But yeah, uh, 
I basically just work out one hour a day. And, uh, you know, my routine is uh, I'll break, uh, I'll do strength training. So I'll break the body up into some parts. And uh, I usually do strength training for about 20 to 25 minutes. And then, uh, and then I'll jump on usually like a spin bike. And then I'll just, you know, put the headphones on, put the sunglasses on, put my head down and just go as hard as I can for about 30 to 45 minutes. And that combination of strength training and then the hard cardio, of course, keeps me lean. But the great thing is I never work out legs because my legs are getting banged all the time with the hard cardio. So it's good, it's good for me in and out of the gym in an hour. And, uh, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, man, if, you, if you're serious about something and you're not willing to do it for just one hour a day, then I don't think you're really serious about that thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I believe that, man. And so are we five days a week, seven days a week? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I'll take a day off if I just, you know, if a dinner gets in the way or breakfast, whatever. I mean, I'm not absolutely obsessed about it. But if I've got an hour every day, then I'm going to stick a workout in because number one, it keeps me in shape. And number two, it's something I enjoy doing, you know, but I got no problems taking, but I would say, yeah, five to six days a week. Yeah. Awesome. And on your own, you work with a trainer. What does that look like? Uh, you know, there's some amazing, amazing trainers out there. There really are. You know, what I really did was uh, I just... And, you know, this probably will lead into another segment, Dusty, but I know that you're a trainer, like, at a very top level, you know, and uh, I respect you guys tremendously because people think they go into a gym and they just think, you know, this and that, but they don't realize how complicated it is if you really want to get good results. And so trainers to me are like, you know, salute. Um, I, I basically just got some magazines and I, I would find a guy who had a body that I wanted, literally, you know, and then I would then just model down to the final detail of what he does, you know, what, what he, you know, what exercises he does, what weights he does, what he eats, you know, you know, any supplements that he might take. And the, and the beauty people don't realize is that the success in business, finance, fitness, whatever, Nobody is reinventing the wheel. Just basically find somebody who has succeeded and then model it and you will succeed. 100%. And, and really what, what I'll say from a training background that I learned, at a, you know, I did it for 13 years. And what I realized was it, yes, you can build a big, beautiful program, but if the client doesn't show up, the program doesn't happen and then they don't get results. So it's the consistency and the accountability. So that's where I'll say is 100%. If you can look in a magazine and go, I want to look like that. And then you consistently show up five to six days a week over a long period of time, then it will happen. Just like business. You show up on a consistent basis, day in, day out, and make it happen. You will be successful. So the next question, you absolutely have a routine. I love it. Has that changed as you've gotten older? Or has it always stayed the same? Uh, I go through phases of it. Um, I uh, will step back from it, and then um, and then I will then revisit it as far as fitness. But um, um, I have personally, what I do is I have a red line of weight. Okay, and depending on how good I've gotten in shape then that red line will be at a certain place. And, uh, and so it's basically, I just eat whatever I want to eat to a certain degree, drink whatever I want to drink. Uh, and then I work out every day. And then I weigh myself literally every other day. And then when I get, when my body gets to that red line, then I stop doing something that hinders it from getting down. And, and then I just go back down and then slowly come back up. So my feeling is that it's just easier to stay in shape or stay really close to being in shape than to let yourself spiral out and get way out of shape. And then it's very challenging, especially at my age, 
to get all the way back down, you know? No, absolutely. And, and to that point, it, it's the consistency piece and it's, it's buoys. That's what I always used to say is, you know, when someone started getting up past their, their buoy weight, you're swimming with the sharks. Let's come right. back into the swimming section, <laughs> you know? That's, and, great. That's a great and, analogy, man. Thank you. And so it was one of those things too, that people always go, you get people on the scale. Well, yeah, you know, yes, muscle weighs more than fat and things like that. But in general, if you get on the scale on a regular basis, you learn those fluctuations and you learn when, Hey, that fluctuation isn't really a fluctuation anymore. It's a little bit too high. And I got to change a few things. I've been eating an extra whatever, or been having too many beers or whatever it might be. I need to scale that back mm-hmm. and go from there. So I love that approach. What let's talk diet. What, what does that overall look like right now? Uh, so uh, you know, to me, it's protein, you know, that's, that's the thing that you've got to get into your body. Um, and so I supplement with, you know, protein shakes, you know, and I'll probably drink maybe two or maybe even three of them a day, you know, 30 grams of protein per shake. And, uh, and then, uh, and then I'll just kind of eat, um, I'll, I'll just watch the heavy stuff like bread, you know, and desserts. And, uh, I, I, I don't choose to, but it's, it's, it's not a thing, but I just, choose, I don't eat red meat really, you know? So, uh, so that's that. And then, and then the rice, I mean, just the heavy carbs, you know? And, uh, so, uh, so that's what I do, but you've got to, if you really want all those, um, hard workouts to, um, uh, come to fruition, You've got to, people don't realize, men don't realize how much protein they have to feed their body every day. You know, they actually say, and Dusty, I'd love to get your uh, opinion on this, but, uh, you know, I've read that, that they suggest for an active athlete, you know, you work out every day, that you try to get about one gram of protein per body pound. And, uh, and so, to do that, you know, if I weigh 150 pounds, 155 pounds, it's not as easy as you think, man, you know? So you've got to supplement is what I'm saying. Absolutely. And and so that's the tried and true. That's what all the research says is, you know, the one gram per pound. Now I I've experimented with both. And I know that, you know, when I actually tried to debunk the whole idea of, you know, vegetarian, because I was, I'm a meathead and I love meat and things like that. And and in general, you can really have a point where you're getting plenty from just a vegetarian diet. You can make that happen, but it's a lot of work and you got to eat more volume. And so I don't know if we really need in, in the conversation really we should have about, as you said, body weight. And the only clarification that I would say is lean weight. So if you're, 8% body fat, absolutely, you need one gram per pound of body weight. But if you're 200 pounds and you're 20% body fat, you probably still only need about 150 grams. Right, that makes sense. You you want to feed the muscle. Right. Right. And then, you know, the the other, and I'm probably only going to get this uh, quote wrong, but I believe it was Pavel Tutsulin, who, you know, legendary strength coach, and his athletes, the way he looks at it is if you can see your abs, you get carbohydrates. If you don't see your abs, your vegetables and protein, and that's it. How you about don't that? get so cool. you, you hit on that and right. through trial and error, you've found what really works for you. So right. the next thing that I, I love asking is because this is these are some ideas that I'm working on, and you know. I'm 37 and I really want to go back in time and smack my 25 year old self because I was laughing at all these 37 year olds at that point. And I was like, Oh, you're fine. Just it's, you're not that much older. Well, I feel it now. And so one of the things I'm trying to work through now is just little nicks and stuff like that. Hey, it's not enough to stop lifting, but it just doesn't feel like it once did. So do you do any kind of prehab stretch, anything like that? What's what's your warm up routine look like? What are you doing for that for yeah, injury yeah. prevention? So don't listen to me because I'm not good. Man. 
I, I'm really not. I'm not a, I'm not a model for this. I, I go to the gym and I basically like do like 30 push-ups, and uh, and then I just kind of like maybe hang, you know, on a bar for a minute, you know, and uh, and then I get uh, right into it. Uh, the thing that I do differently that I would suggest highly that, that men consider doing this for several reasons. And I started doing this like years ago and I don't know why, but um, when I do a set of strength, then I have a mat, a yoga mat somewhere or some ab mat close by. And then I do a set of abs and then I go and I stand right up and then I do another set of strength. And then I go right down and I do a set of abs and I do that throughout the entire workout. And, uh, and, I, and I do like three different abs, you know, just straight up. And then you'll do, you know, the laterals, the sides, and then do a lower. And then I just cycle through those three. So I usually can cycle through like three sets of those three or maybe more. And what it does is it, number one, it keeps your heart rate up. I mean, I'm the only one that I see in the gym lifting weights that's walking around deep breathing to try to get my breath, you know. So it keeps your heart rate up. And number two you know, you, you've got to do abs if you really want abs, man. And, and I think you'll probably agree with me on this, Dusty. Uh, 85% of abs is your diet. It is, man. You know, it doesn't matter how hard you work abs. If they're covered up with fat, then they're not going to see them. So it's the diet. But still, to do those abs like that, I, I think it, it's, it, it makes you, it forces you to do your abs. And and uh, the thing is, as you age, men, uh, if you got abs, man, you're like in the two percent club. You are. Yes. So one hundred percent. I love. I love that. And talk about a tip and trick that people could take from this and just implement immediately. Even if you're not necessarily going to the gym, if you're doing it at home, you know. The technical term is a superset, but it's not really because it's a strength movement and then a core movement. Right. And what a lot of times happens is you do your big prime muscles, you do the bench press, the squats or whatever it might be. And then it's time to go and you haven't hit your abs yet where you're hitting it throughout right. and your primary muscle, your chest or whatever is resting while you're working your core. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a great call to, to continue to move and things like that. So let's talk water. How much, how much water do you drink in a day? I try to drink about six bottles of water a day, you know? And uh, so I keep one next to me. I work remotely. I work from home in a home office. So I always make sure that I have a bottle. And then basically I just try to get it down like in an hour. And then I just drink throughout the day. I, I love that. And last question on this space. So how old are your kids now? I have a daughter who's going to be 28. Okay. So this question is going to be, it's been a long, long time, <laughs> but I always like to ask this question. So when she was younger right. and she didn't finish her dinner or lunch or whatever, what is that one thing left over that you would always pull off her plate and eat? <laughs> um, that's a great I know one. it's been a while. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I have a ferocious appetite. So if, if there was something on the plate, I, it, I would finish the plate, you know? Wow. And, uh, so, I mean, but I, uh, I mean, I work out because I enjoy it, but I work out to consume, to eat, you know, I just do. I mean, for me, uh, you know, one of the pleasures in life is good food, good drink, good company, uh, social, you can have social, you can have some amazing, build some amazing business relationships through food and so on. So, uh, so um, I, I work out so I can not have to like tiptoe around in life on what I eat. I love that. And I always, you know, again, do we eat to live or do you live to eat? Right. right, right. And it's the latter. And right. one thing too, that you, uh, what I always say about when we're talking about abs, abs are made in the kitchen, right. not in the gym. And the second thing I always say is you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet. It just, yeah. 
Exactly. It, you can really try. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. So I want to change gears a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, CEO, you said, "Hey, if I have an hour, I'm working out." So what does? Do you have a morning routine? Because it sounds like you work out in the evenings. What What does that routine look like? Yeah. So uh, I'm an early down, early up. And, uh, and so, uh, I just like to get started early, no matter what it is. Uh, I'll go through phases where I just, you know, drink, uh, throw down a little nutrition shake or something, and then I'll go to the gym and then just work out. It could be five 30 in the morning. So, you know, I go through maybe phases like that, but you know, the bottom line is just prioritize what you want to get done. Man. So you've got to basically identify what needs to get done. And there's books about what needs to get done. You know, there's different people have different ideas of, you know, do this, do that first, whatever. But uh, just just um, make sure that it's something that's going to advance you in life. You know, I mean, if it's fitness, then, you know, get up and work out. If, if, you're, if you're working on your, you know, spiritual stage, you know, get up and do some amazing reading in, in quiet time. You know, if you're, if you're juiced up about something in business, then get up and, you know, and hit it right away, you know, and because, you know, it, it translates to me for working out. My feeling is that you can work out hard and you can work out long, but you can't work out hard and long. You can't. Okay. And so my feeling is work out hard and you don't have to work out long. And, and it's the same way with life. Wake up and you can work out hard. You can hit whatever you're doing, hit it hard, but you can't do it for an extended period of time. So get the important stuff done first, you know, and then you can fade out. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. So what about meditation? Do you have a mindfulness practice, meditate, anything like that? You know, I'm not a big meditator. I'm really not. I think it's great. I've gone through points where I, it really helped me to slow down, you know, what I, I kind of, you know, um, you know, I, I set aside some time and just kind of like work on my breathing, believe it or not, you know, uh, because I tend to sometimes just become like a shallow breather, you know, and, uh, and maybe sometimes it's a, an intense situation or maybe I'm whatever, but, you know, sometimes I just like step back. And then for 15, 20 minutes, I'll just do different deep breathing, you know, routines and uh, just to slow my body down. And so I guess in a way it's meditation because, you know, so many people start out meditating by focusing on their breathing, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I guess I probably do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that that definitely sounds like a mindfulness practice. And, and again, it's grounding you through your breath and everything like that. And so mm -hmm. that definitely qualifies, especially if you're doing it for 15, 20 minutes. Now it's not, Hey, I'm going to close my eyes, turn on some music and try not to think of anything. It's like, I've just realized that I need to reground myself. So that that's awesome. And, and I also think too, when we're having, you know, tense situations, negotiations, whatever it might be, taking even a minute breath to focus on, you know, four count in, four count out automatically brings your heart rate down. And then it's like, okay, cool. I can then refocus. So what are you curious about right now? Um, I'm curious more in the business realm right now. That's really what uh, makes me typically curious because I feel like, relatively speaking, I have such a lack of knowledge <laughs> in it. It's just the bottom line is, you know, as a, as a business owner in a growing business, there are so many things that you have got to have, like, your thumb on, man, you know? And, and yet things are moving so quickly because, you know, a lot of my, our company's success has come through embracing technology in an profession that doesn't embrace technology, you know? And so, uh, so I feel like because we've invested in that, that's going to be the competitive edge that we've already seen and we will see even more of. So I'm constantly curious on tech, you know, on business and more specifically 
technology and how it can make my business more efficient and of course profitable and all those things that technology can do, you know? So, yeah. No, I think that that's great. And especially this day and age, yeah. you know, I think that how, how we got connected through an online platform, we're sitting having this conversation, you know, across the United States on zoom. Mm -hmm. And so it, technology isn't going away. And, and I, the way I look at it is what we're already seeing this work from home piece was really accelerated by the last year and it's not going away. So to your point, we better embrace it and figure it out as we go. Yeah. I think it's like anything in life. There's, there's things that are challenging, but those challenging things oftentimes present opportunities, you know, and, uh, and it's the, and I'm certainly not saying this, like saying that I am one, but it's the visionaries that can see it just differently, you know, or they can say, you know what, this is something, and it could be anything, it could be a product, it could be a service, but this is something that helps people address this challenge, you know, and, uh, and so, uh, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, okay, how am I going to make a buck, you know, but if you're, the bottom line is if you're either improving people's lives, you're making their lives easier, you're making their lives more informative, whatever it is, then you know what? You're probably going to succeed, man. I mean, because you're, yep. you're, you're changing people's lives for the better. And uh, so I think what you're doing personally in this realm right here, I mean, I wouldn't minimize, uh, and not that you do, but of the impact that you can make on people and more specifically, maybe men. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's things that, uh, that they really need to know. And, uh, you know, from your background and not only like, you know, your education and, you know, psych, you know, psychology and mental toughness and so on, you know, uh, and then of course your physical, the ability to tell people and inform them how they can train their body to change their body, you know, and then, you know, maybe a little finance piece that is like, that's a perfect recipe recipe for helping men start to get on the right track. I, I think we just created the intro to this whole freaking podcast, man, with that. I, I really appreciate that. What well, I'm serious. And that's, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. And, and, and I really do appreciate that. And that, that's what I, as I started to look through kind of my history, you know, and where I, I share this a lot, where I was out of shape. I was always an athlete, but I was overweight. And then I, you know, bodybuilded in college, but really it was bodybuilding, not necessarily, you know, Arnold bodybuilding. And so I was just crushing a bunch of wings and everything like that. And I blew up and I'll never forget the number I saw on the scale. And I was like, man, I'm just fat. You know, I, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. I dropped 40 pounds and that what sent me on, on my path to exercise science. And then I realized to, you know, when we're talking about accountability and consistency and things like that, I realized that, wait a minute, just showing up to the gym. Yes. On a consistent basis is, is okay. But a lot of this game is between our ears. And so I said, okay, I don't really care how the muscle contracts or how to on a much deeper level. I don't want to go into research. Well, what do I want to do? And that's where I was like, well, the sports psychology realm, you know, I started looking, I'm like, okay, the big names, the Tiger Woods, the Drew Breeses of the world, they have a personal trainer, they have a sports psychologist. And I said, okay, I want to, I want to check that out. And so that's when I went and got the masters and it really just changed my mind on what motivates human beings and in all realms, not just from a fitness standpoint, but just the fact that we are a emotional beast and everything, every decision we make is based on emotion. And so once you start realizing that, uh, it's this old book that I read, it was called Switch, How to Change When Change is Hard. And it talks about this elephant and the rider. And I'll always remember this analogy because the elephant is your emotional brain and the rider, you know, the person driving the elephant is the logical brain. And so the elephant's gonna go wherever it wants to go. Now you can try to guide it a little bit, 
but emotion's going to guide us. So that's where, again, that, that falls into all these pieces. And then the last piece was like, you know, hey, at 34, I realized that I'm working paycheck to paycheck. I enjoyed it, but I had no retirement fund. And I was not seeing my kids and, you know, awake at least. I'd kiss them when I got home from training all day, but they weren't awake. And that's what spurred me on this, like, okay, what do I always do? Well, I just figure it out for myself and then I share that knowledge. And what you said there about men is it's a very unique time for men because I think that, look, I love the women empowerment movement. I think some of the most powerful women in this world are amazing. I also think that some of us men can find a place there too where it's one of these things for us where it's like, look, a lot of us try to be the best dads we can be. We try to be the best business people we can be. And we try to be the best husbands we can be. And what we forget is to be the best version of ourselves. So we're being everything for everybody, but we're not focusing on us. And that's where really I started to realize that, wait a minute, and I had this epiphany last summer through the pandemic, where it's like, wait a minute. I'm giving all this and I'm not focusing on me. I dropped the workouts. I dropped the meditation. I dropped all the things that made me the best. And that's hard for us guys to go, wait a minute. I need to be focused on me first. And then I can be the best dad, the best husband, the best CEO, whatever it might be. Yeah, man. Well said. I mean, um, I think um, I'm... Honestly, I've always been, and I think my family and people closest to me will admit that I've always been like fairly self-absorbed, you know, uh, self-centered, not in a horrible way, at least I don't think, but who knows, you know, but, uh, so I've always really kind of like taken care of myself, you know, and made that a priority. Uh, and then, like you said, then you, then, you know, you know, God willing, you're, healthy you you have energy you are learning you're you can maybe make good decisions in your business that then will help your family i mean on and on all the things you know i mean if you're running on all cylinders then it's gonna it's gonna be good as all the different roles you play and and yeah i think i've seen friends uh that have kind of in a way and i don't want to you know get too deep here but kind of in a way they've like lost their soul. You know what I'm saying? Like they lost their, their soul of, of, of like who they really are because they've become so many different things to different people. Yeah. And so, and then you can turn around and say, Hey, you know, not only am I stretched and I'm maybe not grounded or whatever, but I'm also uh, maybe uh, just letting go of the, the things that really need to make me get better. You know, and uh, so yeah, man. I, I think I'm so excited for you because, uh, like, I feel like you're uniquely uh, positioned through your life experiences to share with men that are aging uh, of how to like increase not only maybe their lifespan, but number two, increase the quality of their life. You know. And so, uh, so yeah, man, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, I, and and that's just it is, you know, it's the the living of your best life. Mm -hmm. So do we really want to get to the deathbed and go, oh man, I have all these regrets and sure I had, you know, it's that give and take where do I want to have a super successful company, but I've been married six times, you know, being exaggerating or, Hey, I have a really great marriage but i was never successful in life or you know like i never saw my kids or whatever it might be so again it's this it's all life so let's excel in all of it so one more question on this realm and then we'll get into the the finance piece a little bit here but what's something you failed at well i failed in business before when i was younger um when i came out of college uh, I uh, was presented an opportunity to uh, manage a business that my family owned, an extended part of my family. Basically, I kind of inherited the business. It was a great opportunity, uh, but I was really young. 
I was, I was 24 years old. I suddenly walked into a business that had like eight full-time employees. It had been in business for, you know, 50 years. Um, and it was, you know, it was retail, retail business uh, in a small town that, and so you had all of these different uh, moving parts that I just simply was not prepared to understand quickly enough. And uh, so, but of course, uh, I, I was able to get out without financially bottoming out because I, I was given the business, you know, so I didn't have that investment, you know, and so I was smart enough to say, okay, I see the, uh, the competitive environment. I see the lack of being able to get supply. I see a lack of demand because we're in a struggling town. I mean, all these things. Uh, and then I was like, okay, it's time to get out of retail, you know, yep. and that's really what then said, Hey, you know what? I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to go. I just personally, there's nothing wrong with it, but I just don't want to go into an office. I don't want to, you know, climb the ladder. I want to be an entrepreneur, but I do not ever want to buy something, then have to resell it, have to have a, a brick and mortar, have employees, have markdowns, all these things that I didn't want. I was like, I want my product to be information. Information. You know, I, and, and it's, and that's really what moved me into that area. And, and so real quick question, you, you kind of answered this, but what I was thinking about as I was listening to that is you didn't have that personal investment. It was given to you. Now, yes, you were young, inexperienced, things like that. But if you had put, you know, your own investment into it, do you think the outcome would have been the same or different? I think I would have lost a lot of money. That's what I think. <laughs> so good. I just think there was just in, in that, and I listen. You know, I can look back and say, well, if I had done this or done that, that was really a little bit different than what the business was. You know, like if I had you know invested a hundred grand and and then, you know, set up a supplier manufacturer in China and made jeans, you know, and then put funky designs on. And then, and then I could have sold jeans for, you know, $60 a piece and it cost, you know, $9 to make, you know, maybe, but I didn't know manufacturing. I didn't know any of that stuff. So the bottom line was, I think that what I was doing was, it just was doomed and it's doomed all over. Drive through any small town in the United States and there's a main street, but then, you know, a half mile away, there's that internet and there's that rebuilt box stores and all that stuff. You know, it was just that, that, that kind of thing. But, um, but I would say to your question, you know, if you put money in, uh, then you're probably gonna grind and grind and grind. Uh, and that might be success, but I've also seen people that, they grind and grind and put more money and put more money in and they get deeper and deeper, you know? And so I think, the, I think the thing about business is, you know, it's all results, man. I mean, it is, you could see it as failure, but the, the results. And for me, the results I got said to me, I want to, I want to sell information. So it actually yeah. was a, a good learning experience. Yeah. It, it absolutely sounds that way. And that, that's why I like asking that question. You know, it's the, the failure question that we've all, I shouldn't say all, most of us have gone, okay, that didn't work out, but I learned X, Y, and Z, and that sent me down the path that I'm on now. So changing gears a little bit here, what do you value most in life? Uh, I'd say health, man. Um, I mean, of course, there's people that, you know, I would jump off a cliff for, of course, you know. Uh, that's a given. I, I hope everybody has at least one or more of those people in their life, you know? And, uh, and so I certainly know you do with your family and being the father you are. So, but you know, the easy answer is, well, I value my family, you know, or I value this. And I just think that's a given, you know, I mean, you know, if, if that's not what you value, then 
stop listening to this podcast and, you know, go talk to a psychiatrist or something. You know? I mean, yeah, yeah, there's different issues going on, but, um, but no, man, if you have, if you're, if you're blessed with health, um, or conversely, it's easier to say, of course, because we all have, we've all seen it. And as men age, they're going to see it more and more. If you're not blessed with health, if you're unhealthy, then it taints everything in life. It does, you know? And so just take care of your health. And, and when you're having a crappy day and somebody's, you know, not treating you right or whatever, just, you know, you can always fall back and say, hey, man, I feel great today. You know, I'm healthy. You know, I'm not in the hospital. You know, so it's a good, it's, I think it's, it's the thing I value most. No, How about I, you? I Let that. me ask this question. Yeah. You, what do you value most? Uh, time and and that that's really where why i'm sitting in this chair today as you know a financial advisor and not as a personal trainer anymore was i time wasn't mine and i started to reflect on the fact that like i said i mean i i don't i'm not kidding when i said i'd kiss my kids goodnight at 7 p.m on a sunday night i'd be out of the house at 5 30 in the morning i would be gone till 7 8 o'clock at night and maybe I'd be lucky if the kids were still up on a Monday night, but then I would pick them up Tuesday afternoon and that would be the first time I saw them. And then I started going, okay, well, how can I you know, expand my means? Can I train more sessions? Well, hey, I'm training 50 plus sessions per week. Can't really train more. Okay, well, do then do I charge more? And it's like, okay, yeah, you can charge more. And, you know, I, it wasn't like I had open slots. So I could definitely look at my clients and go, Hey, your rate's going up, but you can only do so much when, before they start going, okay, this is getting a little expensive. So I was like, the, the, the answer isn't here. And then the next one, of course, is like, well, do I open my own studio? Do I go down that route? Well, that doesn't really solve the time issue. So that's where I started going like, okay, how do I get my time back? And that's why I changed it. And what I mean by time is time with my kids. So Best example, Monday here in Colorado, okay? We got 25 plus inches of snow. Everything was closed on Monday. Grocery stores, everything, schools. So as a trainer, I would have taken either a hit financially or made all my clients come to me prior to the pandemic, right? It's a little different situation now. And my wife would have had to take the day off and be with the kids where we both knew. So I closed my branch, forwarded the phones to my cell phone and we went sledding. And it was, it, I had to keep reminding myself because part of the, the type A in me is like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And it would like, hold on. You're literally sledding with your kids right now. How freaking cool is this? So yes, it's time with family, but really it's just time. Like I want to be able to make these decisions that's best for me and my family. So that's how to answer that. That's a great answer, man. I mean, it's that we all have a finite amount of it. And we don't know when it's going to end. Right. That, that's right. kind of my thing. And, you know, when people are on their deathbeds, this is one of the things I was listening to all these other podcasts about, you know, when people are on their deathbeds, their biggest regrets is things that they didn't do that they wish they did. Yeah. And that's where I'm always in in my head going, okay, I need to get X, Y, and Z done and also gauge it too. Like, look, we all have the same 24 hours. And one thing that I'm working on right now is trying to get just more sleep because I looked at, you know, in the mirror and I was like, Hey, four to five hours a night isn't worth it. So get to bed earlier, sleep a little bit and, and go from there. So I said it a little bit here and I'm always kind of going around in my head on this. Do you like to live within your means or do you like to expand your means? Cool. I'm gonna just I'm gonna sway just one second from that question. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not I'm I'm not pro, uh, promoting like prescription drugs, but um, but there's a lot of times when I would go through phases where I would sleep and uh, and then I would wake up and I it maybe wasn't it wasn't worrying, but I was just really juiced up about something. You know, I was excited about something, and then I just start thinking in detail in the middle of the night. You know, and then all of a sudden I'm awake. And so 
but I don't really want to be awake because I, I, I want my body to sleep, right? So I've got this young doc, really cool female, first young female doctor I've ever had. It's like substantially younger than me. So we had that whole kind of weird dynamic, but we got that out of the way real quick, you know? And, uh, but there's a, there's a, a, a medication called trazodone, trazodone. And, uh, and uh, everybody that I've talked to that knows it uh, says the same thing, is how, how great it is for their sleep. Because doctors don't like to prescribe Ambien and, and drugs like that because it works so quickly. And, uh, and so people can get, they can say like, oh man, I want to go to sleep quick. So they start popping, right? Yeah. That's not good. And, and then they wouldn't even sell it to seniors anymore because they would wake up in the middle of the night to have to go to the bathroom and they're falling left and right and the fall's killing them. So they couldn't even prescribe it to seniors, right? So this trazodone was like the first stage of daily antidepressant drugs. And it, was, it had a really great effect on, on depression and anxiety. But the problem was the side effect that it made you sleepy was so bad that they had to take so much of it that they were just constantly sleeping, right? So then they cleaned up that, that, you know, that, that drug over and over and over again. But now the doctors came back and said, hey, man, how about that antidepressant drug that just basically made people sleepy? It didn't put them to sleep. It just made them sleepy. And so there's so many people that are taking that now because when you take it, you don't go like right down. You just gradually fall asleep, but you don't wake up. You sleep through the night. So anyway, trazodone. So I, I wrote it down. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate that. And, yeah. and that's one of the things too, just because with Alzheimer's and everything like that, that we recover in our sleep. And yeah. that's where it was like, I, you know, my kids are getting a little bit older. They're five and eight now. And I don't need to be on the, you know, I, I need my sleep. So yeah. Um, yeah, going back to that expand your means question. I'm not gonna let you get out of that one. Do you like to live within your means? Do you like to expand your means? What does that look like? Uh, yeah, I, I expand a little bit uh, for several reasons. Number one, it keeps me, charging ahead man you know i just i feel like i mean i'm not thank the lord i mean i'm not living paycheck to paycheck i mean i've got i've got you know things taken care of but i live beyond my means because it uh it i don't tend to sit on my laurels you know what i'm saying it's like hey man uh i work hard and i play hard so i've got this nice trip or vacation you know or i've got this nice car or i've got this whatever and and it just like makes me you know keep pushing forward it's always worked for me you know so i love that and that's that's kind of the idea right that it's that hey i have these big goals or aspirations or whatever and that's going to continue to drive it and and that's where I think too many times we've been told over the years to live within our means, live within our budget and stuff like that. And I think that that's, yes, we should be talking about some of those things that, hey, you shouldn't be racking up a ton of credit card debt and stuff like that, which that's not what we're saying when we say expand your means. Yeah. That means I want to live here and I need to make sure that I'm bringing in X amount or whatever it might be. So, okay. and I, I think, and, and the other thing that I'll touch on that is, is, I mean, you may have a different feeling Please share it if you do, but I, you know, you don't save your way into wealth, man. You don't, you, you invest your way into wealth, you know, uh, because look at, I mean, look at the savings, look at the percentage on savings, you know, there's some aggressive ways, you know, and so on. But if you, if you, spend if you could pull together a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever more and you invest that in something that is an asset okay so, or something that will become an asset all the people i've seen that have really grown financially they were investors of money you know and uh, so that's my feeling about it yeah and, and to your point I think that what I always talk about is this conversation about liquidity versus return. And you're, you can't get both. Now you might get lucky and get both, but in general, if you have X amount of cash in the bank and you need that available 
from an ATM, then that shouldn't be invested. But to your point, if you have six figures in that standpoint, then you're going to be losing to inflation. And the best thing you can do, like you said, is, is put that into some kind of asset that will grow. And I think we could all have a much longer conversation about what exactly that asset is. Right. But no, I, that makes perfect sense. So, which leads into, I love this question. Now you can get as finite and specific as you want, or you can be broad, but what is your top financial goal for 2021? Uh, there's a, I, I, I work more short term because it keeps me pushing forward really fast. Okay. Like yeah. And so I have a, a, a income, I have a weekly income goal that weekly. I want to hit. Yeah. Weekly. Love and it. yeah. And so it basically just makes me really focus on what I can do today that will affect uh, revenue this week. And, um, and uh, so that's what I do. And, and, uh, um, and it works for me because it always keeps up a sense of urgency. And it always, uh, and I'm mindful because I'm in the service business, but I'm mindful. And I was going to ask you this question earlier, but, yeah. you know, I know we're bumping on time. And so, but we're good. But, the time comment that you made, and, and I, I get it, uh, but, and, I, and I'm the same way, but I've become more keen to the investment of time without a return, okay? So, you know, I'm hammered often for my time for one reason or the other. And what helped me accelerate in business was when I basically just stopped giving time away without a financial return, you know? And uh, there's certain, there's a handful of people in my life that of course I would drop everything for and would give them my time. But 98% of the people in the world are not in that category. So you have to be selective about how much time you give somebody if you're not going to get it back and in my way, if I'm not going to get it back financially. And I think I'm glad that you brought that up. And that's something it, it's that conversation about, Hey, you should say no more often and everything like that. And that's something that I'm, I've been evaluating more and more on my side. I don't know if that was necessarily the question that you were going to ask, but that's where I've started to really same thing. I was going to ask you, and that's, I, I never finally answered the question, but when you were saying time, I was saying, I was going to ask you, Dusty, does it make you, because time is such a priority, which it should be, does it make you more selective or more aware of wasted time, you know? Yes. And, and to answer that question, you know, as far as being selective of what I do and when I choose to do it and things like that, it's part of me is like, hey, I should absolutely know if X, Y, and Z is going to provide, you know, financial gain or not. The problem is not always do you know that going in. And so it's a little bit of a game where, and what I've gotten better at is, okay, hey, this networking thing, because I enjoy talking and helping people and, and just getting to know people and stuff like that, where two years ago, my networking time, let's say, was cool, we'd have a meeting, we'd go have a coffee, it'd be 90 minutes. Where now it's like, button up about 30, I'll sometimes, don't tell anybody this, I guess that's, we're kind of letting the bag, the cat out of the bag here, but I'll set a timer on my watch for 30 minutes. And it silently goes off. And then I kind of make the decision of like, hey, I should be wrapping this up because it's not, it was great to get to know you. Sure, we might be able to do something down the road. Let's shelve this conversation or it's like hey this is a really good conversation i could see some value in this down the road so that's something that just through experience i've really started to you know again as a personal trainer it was 45 minutes and then there was someone new in front of you and i was very hard it was wrapping up five minutes your time is done someone else is coming in once i became my own boss time, you know, it, it expanded too too much. And so to your point, it's like, okay, I'm getting better at recognizing 
not worth my time, that is worth my time. And then I'm also, I'm always constantly evaluating because in, in my industry, you don't always know where things can lead and you just have to be very political on going, okay, what, when, when is that point? And again, it's just experience. Yeah, it's I don't great. know if I answered your question. No, you did. No, absolutely. You basically, you're, you know, we're, we have to be, I don't want to use the word mindful in the way we were using it before, but you have to be more aware of, uh, you know, when your family is the most important thing in your life, right? You really have to think about, okay, every minute or 30 minute or hour that I'm giving somebody, I'm taking it away from somewhere, you know, because there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, man. And so that's what made me transition from not feeling like oh, I'm such a, you know, I'm such a not nice person. <laughs> you know, I got to watch my language here mm-hmm. because I'm cutting this person off or I'm just getting right to the point or something like that. Because really, again, it's the most precious commodity time. So if you're giving it to them, you're not giving it to someone else, you know? And uh, so, I mean, I am very to the point and direct with people that want my time. They might be trying to sell me something. They might be trying to, you know, whatever they're, whatever they're doing they they came to me, you know, I didn't necessarily, you know, and so, and so I'm more aware about that because, uh, but, but you also have to, you know, I've found some great resources in various areas that came in cold I have. I mean, and, and so you can't just, just never know. So, yeah, so it's that, know. you know, and I think asking better questions and things like that. Yeah. And to your point, it's funny that we're talking about time and we're, we're buttoning up against this here. I got a couple more questions yeah, and, and then, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. One that I'm always so curious about is what's a common belief that you picked up about finances, budgeting, whatever, as you were growing up that you were okay. That's a hard and fast rule. And then as you got older, you realized it was a myth. Uh, I'll think about that real quick, but I'll tell you one that, okay. all, that I heard early that always stuck with me and always made dollar cost averaging. I mean, I'm just, I was always a big proponent of it. I mean, you don't have to have a lot of money, but just through discipline, just every month, just put it in man. and, and through the time and compounding. So that's one thing, something that maybe someone has told me that, um, I would just basically say like uh, savings right now, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Money is so relatively inexpensive and, and savings interest is so small. I would say take a deep breath and get some money at a, at a good price and then invest it, invest it. You, you know, not very many times would it be smart to, take a loan, so to speak, and then put that same money into the market because obviously but I'm not, happens if I'm it sorry. goes the other way. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm not, when I say invest, you're talking about cash. Yeah. No, I'm not saying in the market. I'm saying take that money and uh, from an entrepreneur standpoint, invest in a business, invest in something that you can, will generate revenue that you could possibly sell. You can have an exit strategy. And if you don't want to do that, then look around and find a business that is working but needs a little bit of capital and then invest in that business. I'm telling you, I have found more friends that have gotten wealthy through their own business and, and it grew. And either someone came in and bought them, they, you know, they, whatever they did. But, uh, but I just, you know, I'm not, that's where I would put money instead of um, the market aggressively. I mean, I think there's in the market for, you know, index funds and stuff like that. Listen, I don't want to get into your area because you know so much more than I do. I, what I'm just saying is uh, I, that's what I would do is I would, if you're confident in yourself, then find something that you're passionate about and that, that you can wake up in the morning and be really juiced about and then invest in yourself. That's what I uh, Great, great clarification. And I, I couldn't agree more. So last question here. Yeah. What is one thing that you thought I was going to ask, but I didn't? Um, how old are you? 
<laughs> do you do you want to volunteer that? I'm not going to ask that. Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm 50, I'm uh, 57 years old, but uh, it's just that it's relevant. Uh, I think to what you're doing. I, I just think it is. I mean, it, it can be arbitrary. It could just be a number, but there's certain things that happen both, and you know this, Dusty, emotionally, mentally, physically, maybe financially. There's certain things that you you know are going to happen as you age, and and so I just think I think you know my hat off to you that you're touching on all of those things, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a fan of, you know, listening to your work and your podcast. And, you know, I just appreciate you giving me an opportunity to throw it back and forth tonight. Absolutely, man. I, that is a perfect place to end it. And I really appreciate the time as well. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to engaging more and, and chatting with you more in the future. Hey man. Thanks Dusty. You're welcome, sir. This is your host, Dusty DeGroff. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks again and see you next time.